Spice Princess here, and welcome to another episode of My Pumpkin. Um, that's it. I was going to say something else, but I, there really is nothing else to say. Welcome to another episode. Um, we're continuing on with our mother-daughter experiment, colon, celebrity edition. And this week we're doing season one, episode five. It's called The Hot Seat. Um, we pick up right where Krista and Courtney left off, where they were arguing in the interview room. And Heidi's standing outside saying she's not going to bed until she hears everything she needs to hear. Understandable. <laughs> Understandable. Um, I come from a long line of nosy ass women as well. I too probably need to know what's going on. And uh, I just remember, oh my God. One time me and my mom were leaving the projects. Uh, it's important as the projects because we were leaving my aunt's house and we were not, this is not our area. We were supposed to be over there. Like we don't know, we don't know anybody over there. So we're leaving my aunt's, besides my aunt. So we're leaving my aunt's house and my mom spots this group of people like kind of like almost circle around each other. Like, I mean, it's universal. It's a fight, you know? Uh, and so my mom kind of slows down and she looks and it's two little people fighting each other. And so my mom's like, all right, hooked all the elements I need to be interested in what the fuck is going on over here. And so my mom, um, my mom like slows further down. I'm like, mom, don't, don't like, first of all, we were on our way to leave the projects. We should keep going. And secondly, it's not, it's nighttime. These little people seem like they know exactly what they're supposed to like. They don't want to be stared at. They're minding their own business. They doing their own thing. And my mom was like, well, there's a big crowd of people around them. So they know they're being looked at. So that's fine. And I was like, I don't know if it's fine. Also, this is a crowd. Do we want to be in a crowd in dark in an unknown neighborhood like this. My mom's like, no, 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 we do. So what, but what happened is that we're driving really slow and, um, they see, they see us. They're like, who the fuck is that driving all slow over here? Is this a fucking drive-by? So then everybody just bam, starts running the whole, the crowd, the two little people that were going to fight. I still don't know why they were going to fight. I, I am interested in it, but I just, I just felt like at the time we shouldn't know we, we shouldn't be rolling up on them like that. So they all start running. My mom starts following them. And I'm like, ma, what are you doing? She's like, I'm seeing where they're going. And I'm like, you, fortunately they ditched us and my mom finally allowed us to go home. So I'm just saying that like, I'm just saying that Heidi standing outside that door being like, I'm not going to bed till I figure out what the fuck is going on is fine. Okay. That is like, that's the, the most innocent thing I've seen in a long time. So, you know, inside the room, Kim, Kim not Kim, Crystal looks straight into the camera and says, I admit I was in an emotional relationship with my son-in-law. I did tell Doug I loved him. And then she looks at Courtney and says, why don't you ask your husband what his fantasy was? And no, don't ask him, Courtney. Don't ask him. And if you do ask him, don't tell him, don't tell us what he said. No, 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 no. Whatever we are from here. No, 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 no. Um, so when Courtney storms out of the interview room, cause Courtney, this point is yelling. Courtney's got, doesn't do a lot of yelling. They usually have like a kind of a, 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 a 
I don't, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but kind of like a baby voice, I guess they usually have, but they are yelling and they're like, go home then mom, go home. Faces all red and shit. I mean, it's serious. Um, so they storm out of the interview room and Heidi and her wine stained teeth, Heidi's teeth are blue and purple and she's smiling and doing a lot of talking. I'm like, girl, look at your teeth. Um, Heidi runs over to comfort them. So Heidi's the only one that runs to Courtney. Everyone else, like Courtney's stomping up and down the hallway and crying and stuff. Everyone else is one, because the people that started to gather, right, as they're hearing them screaming, um, is one, trying to get out the way and make it seem like they weren't listening. Two, uh, running down the hallways. Or three, when Courtney does, is in there, is confronting, like, right in front of them, uh, trying to hide the fact that they're laughing and smiling, and Courtney is obviously having an emotional breakdown. Um... Heidi tells Krista that, well, hold on. Heidi goes to comfort Krista. I mean, Heidi goes to find out what the fuck's going on, but Heidi goes to comfort Krista. Courtney is just like sitting on the floor in these huge high heels, crying, red, kind of screaming a little bit. And people are starting to gather around. So... Heidi's telling Krista not to leave because Krista wants to go. Krista feels like Doug is like in between them and like uh, uh, Courtney's been brainwashed. She doesn't want to listen to her at all, all that. And um, Heidi's like telling her not to go, telling her not to go. And then she goes, and I have a secret. I'm a prayer warrior. I'm a prayer warrior. <laughs> and so, oh my goodness. I don't know. That's just very funny to me. Anytime someone says that. And she says she prays for people and most of her prayers come true. So she gets on her knees and starts to pray for Krista. And <laughs> real hard, real bad girl. And so she just pray, 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 pray. And after all, after all the praying happens, lots of the other, uh, the rest of the group show up in Krista's room and start putting Krista's things away. And Krista just sort of stays without thinking about it. Heidi then goes to Courtney to tell them that, that she has saved a day and that also she wants her to see her purple teeth. She doesn't say that. She didn't say that. She wants to show her purple teeth. She, I, I just felt that from her. Once again, someone needs to tell her to brush her teeth. Um, and Courtney's thankful. After all of this, Jessica, Heidi, and, and uh, Natalie start drinking, as they do every single night, apparently. Finally, Jessica tells Heidi to brush her teeth. Thank God. And Jessica ends up going to sleep. And Natalie and Heidi agree. Like, they stay. And they're like, Chris, they're kind of breaking out what happened that day. And they're like, Krista is having an emotional breakdown. And like her having an emotional attachment to Doug doesn't make it okay. The fact that it's emotional, not physical, like as they both, I mean, both Natalie and, and how you said this, and I agree with both of them, most of the relationships are emotional. Like the fucking part's just like one little part of the rest of it's emotional. Um, which is why I keep saying you can't like, 
I'm declining to be friends with ex-lovers who were not good to me because being being a lover is just being a friend who fucks. And unless the sex was bad, we can definitely, you know, if we didn't, if we didn't click on that level, we can be friends, right? But if we didn't click on the part that's the friend part, no, you're not good enough. You you don't qualify. You're you're unqualified for the position. Um, Jessica's also breaking away from Heidi and Natalie. She's been calling them alcoholics. This is the next morning we see this. I wonder what happened between them that was off camera. Um, you know, Heidi and Natalie are in the hallway listening to Jessica and Josie in the morning talk about them. And then they say, oh, they're listening because they know that Heidi and Natalie are out there. It's 9 a.m. and they're already drinking. And I guess there's some sort of conflict off camera because now Jessica's saying, I'm just tired of being around drunk people to Heidi. And and she says, I'm not sure your mother's appreciating it either. I'm like, hmm. Natalie tells Heidi that she shares a wall with Jessica and Josie. And she's heard Jessica and Josie arguing about Jessica's friendship with Natalie and Heidi. So little Josie broke up the pussycats. Okay. We see some flashbacks because remember they're filming at all times in their room. Another reason not to go on a show like this. I mean, when when are you going to pick your nose? I guess you can go in the bathroom, I guess. When are you going to like hack up something and spit it into a trash can? That's disgusting. And you do that in private when no one can hear you and no one can see you. Not on camera. I guess you can go to the restroom. I guess a lot of things you can do in the restroom, but still, I want the freedom to do. I want. To... <laughs> anyway, um, but we see footage of like Josie, like just convincing Jessica all night, getting up in her ear and being like, "No, you don't want to be friends with them." And I think also Josie told, I don't know, maybe if I were Josie, I'd be like, "And I heard them calling you fat." Like you know what I mean? Like like Jessica, and because I've seen Jessica on other reality TV shows, I know this. Um, I'm not guessing this, but I'm sure anyone can guess about this about Jessica like the worst thing you can say about Jessica is about her body she really cares about her body she works out a lot her body is great her body looks wonderful there's nothing wrong with her body but an easy way to like kind of take Jessica down to be would be someone being like I think you look fat you know and obviously Jessica doesn't have any issues with her body I actually feel bad I called her a great body like bodies are neutral but do you, you understand what I'm saying? She has a conventionally attractive body that she works on a lot. And there is no one who wouldn't say her body isn't conventionally attractive. But if someone were to like criticize her body in any way, that would be really hard. That would be really hard for um, Jessica. So that's what I'm thinking happened. Like something like that, but whatever. Okay. So remember when... I asked Krista not to tell anybody what that fantasy of Doug's was. She didn't listen. She's, she's telling people that Doug wanted him and Courtney and Krista into bed together alone. Doesn't seem like y'all are alone. Um, there's a lot of people in that bed and they were going to make some sort of incest sandwich and Krista was going to teach Courtney how to pleasure Doug. What in the browsers is this? This is, this is, <sighs> Doug, do you know there's free nasty porn on the internet? You can go, you could just Google this and look at it. 
if you want to be nasty. You don't actually have to tell us about it. You know that, Doug, right? You know, you could just go in the, 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 the comfort of your room and just be as nasty as you want to in there. Not too nasty. Some of these federal charges. Anyway, don't look up the wrong thing, Doug. Okay? But you can look up some real nasty stuff. And there are people out here who are willing to do it on the internet and be paid for it. And you could do you could do that. Instead of saying this stuff to Krista, who is already off her rocker. And I, well, I guess she didn't say it to Courtney. Thank goodness. I don't know how Courtney would react to that. I feel like Courtney's been through enough. They don't need to hear this. This sick shit. Ugh. Well, while Chris is in the middle of saying that nasty thing that none of us need to fucking hear or picture or know about at all, uh, Courtney shows up and says they have a recording of Krista in Doug's Jeep. Say, Jeep. <laughs> Saying that she thinks about Doug sexually all the time. And then Krista says, well, have you ever... On the on the video on the recording, whatever you ever thought about a mother daughter thing, and uh-uh. okay, so here's the thing, I'm not surprised by any of this. Okay, I wouldn't be surprised if nasty old Doug and I. You listen, I don't know nothing about Doug except for that he fucking nasty, and I know he nasty, cause he flew down to wherever I Florida probably or Texas, one of those two states. He flew down on over there to uh, pick up a 16-year-old and marry them. Um, But it's either Doug's nasty idea or Krista's nasty idea. Either way, it's nasty. And neither one of y'all should have been saying it. And I I don't put it past either one of y'all. Either fucking one of y'all. Also, Courtney says this isn't the first time this has happened. Uh Uh-huh. They talk about some 17-year-old boy. We're going to get back to it. At first, I was like, how age-appropriate, but uh-uh, uh-uh, no, it wasn't. Um, so, Courtney implies that uh, that Krista has done this many times, which is pathological, and Krista says that it was, you know, a three-week relationship, don't worry, and that implies that what Courtney is saying is true. Finally, Dr. Deb shows up and does her damn job. I don't know, are you asleep, Dr. Deb? You can't sleep when things like this are happening. Get up. Somebody get Dr. Deb a pager. <laughs> I, you guys know I'm an old lady, and I used to love to watch Bob Newhart when I was a little kid. And I remember when he had a pager, and it was like the size of a fucking... <laughs> it was so big, guys. And I remember like, what is that? <laughs> and they were explaining. So he's explaining to everybody on the show, like, this is my new pager and help me get my patients and stuff. And like, it's the size of like a boom box. It's big. <laughs> it's not portable. Not the way. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I hear pager and all I see is Bob Newhart holding up this very large machinery. <laughs> ah, talking about, it's the future. Um, so, get somebody to get Dr. Deb a pager or something like that so she can bring her ass when she needs to. So, she shows up and she rightfully points out that Courtney has only had two relationships because they got married when they were 16. So, if you're saying that this boy and 
Doug, this is the only two times it happened. Well, those are the only two relationships Courtney has had. So, what's good, Krista? What's good? Nothing you doing. That's what it is. Anyway, Dr. Deb wants Krista to admit her faults and her part in the fiasco with Doug. Dr. Deb tries to tell Krista there are boundaries you don't cross, but this is not a thing Krista would know about. Krista doesn't know shit about boundaries. Courtney says, and somewhere in all of this, when Krista's trying to leave, Courtney says that they need their mom. And I got to say, why? Because you, you also say, Courtney, that your relationship has never been good. It's always been toxic. It's never been healthy. I don't know. I I know that we now live in this world where people are like, ghosting's bad and don't, you know, you owe everyone a conversation about everything. I personally don't think ghosting's bad. I really think ghosting is like... uh super clear people who will not respond back to you are are being very clear and I think it's useful in the right situations and no contact sometimes is the best contact and if anybody needs to go no contact it's Courtney with Krista for the rest of their life I actually don't know where they are with Krista at this moment in time but I just really feel like as they are like textbook, they don't need contact anymore. They just don't. Um, I don't think, I'm actually not a real healthcare uh, mental health professional. I'm just someone who talks about a lot of shit on the internet. But, so I'm not going to be sitting here trying to diagnose Krista. But I don't think Krista is capable it, it seems like Krista it seems like Krista doesn't know right from wrong it seems like she doesn't understand what boundaries are what appropriate boundaries are and I guess maybe she could learn but and it's not that I think Courtney does either you know like Courtney so this week I actually watched the Kardashians. Um, I was cooking and Hulu was like, we know you like the Kardashians. Watch this. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll watch it. I don't actually watch it. I mostly just listen to Kara, uh, of everyone's business, but mine recap. Kara has lots of information. Kara will be like, well, in 2002, well, you don't know. And I'm like, oh, I didn't fucking know that. <laughs> but, but so I watched the episode and it really turned me off of Chloe. I've never, I'm, I'm not, I remember when Chloe used to be the one everyone, they'd be like, she was the thinking man's Kardashian. I don't know. I don't, she was the least worst or something like that. But I'm not talking about turn me off of her as a person. I mean, she's, Chloe's pretty bad. Okay. She's a really bad person. But, I don't want to call her dumb anymore. And the reason I don't want to call her dumb anymore is because not like she is fucking dumb. You know what I mean? She's fucking dumb, but it's not fun for me anymore because watching this episode, if you guys don't know, it's the episode where Chloe talks about what happened with Tristan. And that is that they got back together with the help of her family. Your whole family has bad taste in men. All, your entire fucking family has bad taste in men. If your family likes a significant other, 
break up with them immediately. Immediately, Chloe. They all have bad taste. Um, but, you know, everyone was rooting for them to get back together. Mostly because it'd be easier. I get it. This is, you know, I understand. It'd just be easier if you were in love and in a relationship with a person that you share a child with. Sure. And, you know, Chloe's been wanting another child. Chloe wanted a boy, I guess. Um, I wonder how that's going to be in 20 years. Now that we talk about um, gender spectrum and a more intelligent way about people choosing to have like choosing gender during in vitro, like having a boy and a girl and being like, oh, I got one of each. Like, mm, do you? <laughs> like, like, I wonder what that's, I wonder, I wonder if there's going to be less of that, you know? I don't know. Um, and so they, they found a surrogate and Tristan had been pressuring Chloe to go, go get the, the embryo implant and get going with the surrogacy pregnancy and that happened a couple days before Thanksgiving and then the news hit about Tristan having another baby due in like December like in early December and Chloe was very upset because she was saying that she's not that much of a psycho I'm like okay Chloe one let's not use language like that and two yes you are yes you are Chloe but there's just a lot of talk about how, you know, how she's going to be called a dumb bitch in the media and how every, everyone always blames her for what men do and all these other things. And then, yeah, that's true. That's true. And how it's going to be tough and how she's she can't really celebrate it because then she has to announce she's going to have a baby. And then she has to, like, as soon as she announces she has a baby, it's it's going to be, like, all this stuff. That's not what like, why I don't want to call her dumb anymore. I just... Her problems aren't any different than anybody else's, to be completely honest. I know plenty of y'all purposely getting pregnant with someone without knowing all the details, and they purposely got somebody else pregnant too. Plenty of y'all. I Y'all, right? People listening to this right now that I know personally going through it in their personal lives. Y'all don't know about my everydays. Y'all don't know about every day in my relationship. I just want to clarify this ain't happening. But I was married for three years before we found out that my husband had a child. Like, this messy shit is all around. And I don't think Chloe, like, I feel like a lot of people calling Chloe dumb be doing that shit. Doing similar shit. But mostly, I don't want to call her dumb anymore. Actually, like, it's not fun for me because Chloe obviously does not love herself. It's so obvious. She doesn't even know how to love herself. She doesn't even know what it would look like if someone wanted to love her. She's got deep, deep, fucked up shit. And that's why she's always uh, with some dude that's like still half in a relationship with someone else like Trina or Tristan's other baby mama. Or it's because... She has such low self-esteem and such low self-worth that a piece of something is better than nothing. Like someone, like a piece of a man with their arm around you feels good. You'll take that over anything. 
you'd rather be embarrassed and alone. You know what I mean? Taking these fucking public L's just so that someone will come home to you at night. That that's, that's sad, right? That's really fucking sad. She is a broken person. And I fully expect her to be back with Tristan. Or at least being like, I'm cool with Tristan. He's coming around for the kids' sake. Hey, come on, man. And also, do not listen to none of those fuckers in your family. None of them know how to co-parent. None of them know how to co-parent. Co-parenting is for the benefit of the child. It is never for your benefit. So, if you... It is boundaries <laughs> galore. So, co-parenting is not you come over and we watch a cuddly movie together like we're in a fucking relationship and then True runs around around us and then goes to fucking sleep at 7.30. That's not fucking co-parenting. And stop pretending it is. But she don't know any better. She really doesn't. She has no fucking clue what it looks like for someone to love you. She was married to Lamar. Lamar was still with his baby's mama when they got together. And according to Lamar, she was she was chasing him around the, the world, look, ch- get, uh, showing up and, like, finding him fucking other girls and smoking crack and shit like that. And still, like, my lammy, my lammy. Bro. She... <sighs> That stuff, you know, they always say about Chloe. Chloe does for her man. She be setting up for her man. She be taking care of her man. She be moving to Cleveland for her man. She be doing all of it. For somebody who does the bare minimum, that's broken. She's broken. You know, I love baklava, okay? I've only had it a few times, but it's always been delicious to me. Um, I started, I had a Greek friend when I was younger who would bring like stuff to like, to share with the class. And I used to love when she brought baklava and I, and sometimes I was at a Greek restaurant yesterday. And the thing is, imagine if you wanted to cook baklava, but you never tasted it. You also don't know what it looked like and you don't know anyone that can help you. Good fucking luck. You can't even conceive of it. Like, I can, I guess I can describe it to you. But if you don't know what it looks like, you don't know what it tastes like, how do you know you got it? You don't. You fucking don't. You just keep making shit and hoping for the best. That's what Chloe's doing. She does not know what it looks like to be loved. And I don't even think she understands, like, what she wants to be Like, that's, that's, that's mixed in with her family shit, the dad shit, like... Who knows what the truth of Chloe's parentage is? Who fucking knows? But the speculation from her own father, as well as the public, as well as other family members, and parents breaking up and moving away, and and then Caitlyn coming into their lives, and Chloe always having a part with Caitlyn, and and this brother-sister fuck relationship she has with Rob, like, and when you, what was, I don't know, I don't know what I was listening to, but there's some, I think it's the Kardashians unauthorized. I, there's a book out there about, like, them growing up, and, like, Chloe dropping out of school all the time, and 
fucking the game. Oh my god. That guy. And just... Trying to fuck... Well, fucking little Romeo to the point when she was like in her 20s. You know what? Kara did a... Go to Kara's. Go to Kara's Patreon. It's patreon.com. I think it's E-B-B-M. Okay? Don't quote me on that. Go to her Patreon. She did a series on them based on that book, whatever. But she was talking about how Chloe's in her 20s dating uh, little Romeo, who was like fucking 17, and had to be asked by Master P to leave his graduation party. Because you're a grown woman. Ugh, get leave. Like, Chloe has been taking L's all her fucking life. And, she has, and she's always been the... The sister that doesn't look like all the other cute little sister. She's been tall. She's been larger in her body size. And that's very important in their family. Um, Chris definitely inspires eating disorders. And and then the show gets big. And she's the ugly one. The ugly one. And then she goes through this whole body transformation. And is editing herself to fucking filth on the internet at all times. It's... It's a lot to edit yourself to look like a different person on the internet knowing that if people see you, you don't look like that. That's a lot. Every, people do beauty filters. People do nips and tucks. They do little things. They edit things out. But to change who you look like all together, Chloe's broken. She don't have no self-esteem. She don't know what love looks like. She can't make it. She can't. I don't even know how she can show it to True, but it looks like she loves True. Maybe I, I'm, I, I'm sure she loves true, but I don't, she doesn't know what it, what it's like to be in a relationship where someone loves you and not just gives you that PDA and is all up in your face, sucking face and shit. No, loves you like would would, would do anything for you. Will put down whatever they have and come for you. If they had to shows up for you every day and keep showing up for you. She doesn't know what it looks like. And so listening to her talk about how she feels and how, how she's going to look stupid again and how she's got this baby coming and she can't even like fully prepare for the baby the way she wants to. It was incredibly sad. It's pathetic. I was talking about this because there's somebody I know that's really pathetic and it's hard to be angry at them because they're so sad. Even when they're doing things you write, it's hard. You just want to be like, okay. But you're like the saddest thing on earth. That's how I feel about Chloe. And I feel like Courtney, just to bring back to what I was actually talking about, Courtney is in a similar position. And that I don't know that Courtney could define love for you. I don't know that Courtney understands what it's like to feel loved. Um, even non-romantically, like by a father and a mother. I don't think Courtney knows anything like that. And it's sad to me. It's sad. There's no role models in, involved. Courtney's so young and there's no role models involved to tell them that this is what it feels like to be loved because both of their parents are like whack jobs. Nice words, princess. But still, that's how I feel. So, yeah, like, I don't, I don't think Courtney can make baklava either. And I don't know how, how they're going to try. So 
in the therapy session for that day, it's called the hot seat. And what's going to happen is they're all going to go up front and sit in these chairs and everyone else has a little paddle where they're going to be voting for things and they're going to be like, the other members of the group are going to be able to interact with their issues, which is different than what they've been doing. Um, when Heidi and Darlene go up there, everyone thinks that Darlene is the only one being vulnerable and like taking everything so seriously. And it devolves into them talking about how Heidi's drinking too much. And, um, Heidi is basically like, I don't, I don't know if that's what this is. I think you guys are just saying that cause you don't like me. Um, she's pointing at Jessica cause Jessica's doing a lot of talking and saying that. And she's like, well, Jessica, you're, we're in it right now. And so like, that's why you're saying it. But also she's like, don't say alcoholic. And she keeps like flicking her eyes at Kim and like, you know, let's let, you know, let's be sensitive. We're not going to be like, you know, alcoholism is really serious and you're just like throwing that word around. And okay. To be honest, did I feel like Heidi was deflecting? Yeah. Heidi was deflecting. Um, I don't know that Heidi's an alcoholic. I don't, I don't think that you can tell on this show. I can, she likes the taste of alcohol. That's as much as I can tell you. But also like, we're, this is like, this is like going to sandals for 10 days, babe. Like, uh, I mean, not exactly, but you know what I'm saying? Like, this doesn't count. People get drunk on vacation all the time. But the question is, what is she like at home? Like in her everyday life? I, I don't think it's good to, to judge her based on this. Um, that said, I'm not, I'm not willing to say that she's not at home either. You know what I mean? Um, but also when Heidi starts saying like, like, come on, some people have real problems. Like it's not, it's not nice to just be throwing those words around and keeps looking at Kim, Kimberly and Kim get upset and they're basically like, why are you pointing at Kim? And like Kim... Kim is an alcoholic. <laughs> I I feel bad saying that. Now here I am with Heidi. Like, don't say that word. But she is. She's she has issues with alcohol, and um, like they're offended. And Kimberly's like, "Why are you? Why are you going around the room? You should be looking at yourself. This is about what's up. Don't put us in it." And she's even telling Kim because Kim's getting upset. And she's even like, "It's not about you. It, it's about her." Don't let it, don't let it become about you. That's what she's saying. And Dr. Deb was like, well, no, we're in these group sessions for a reason. We're a part of each other. But I don't know. It, 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 it's a little bit of a problem. And what happens is because of that, because Kim and Kimberly are brought into it, and de, de, Heidi and Darlene don't really say anything to each other. They're just like, okay, we'll work on it. Bye. Um, so then Courtney and Krista are next. Krista apologized if she hurt, she says, I apologize if I hurt you, Courtney. Um, Four years ago, she was a different woman than she is now. I say that all the time, guys. I'm a different person than I was two months ago. I'm changing all the time, all the time, which is why I never like when people are like, I'm listening to back-ish episodes of Bye Pumpkin. I'm like, girl, I don't know what the fuck I was saying back then. Um, But... Um, yeah, so, you know, um, but four years ago, I can tell you, I was not interested in ha in like having sex with, um, I don't know, like 
someone my mother had had sex. I like that's not. There's a lot of things that I wasn't doing four years ago, ten years ago, twelve years. I, there's no year you can go back to to catch me doing that shit. Um, and also, like when saying this, Krista, my question is: Okay, so what happened in those four years? Was different. What happens? Um. But basically, she says she loves Courtney and she doesn't want, she never intends to hurt them. And, you know, Courtney really lit up with that and hugged back. And then they said, you know, I, I thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's just that the boundaries have been crossed so often. It's hard for me to like, you know, get over that, which I think is fair. Um, We could have this like great coming together, but you've done this so often, like, it's very hard for me to just wake up and be like, okay, everything's different. But, and so Courtney goes on to talk about that incident with that boy. And I'm going to say boy because he was 17. Courtney was 12. <laughs> um, You know, I've really been happy that more people have been talking about imbalance and power uh, with 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 these age differences and, and how a 19 year old, like getting a 15 year old pregnant is like a question that we should be talking about that. Uh, I saw some tweet that was like, yeah, we never talk about teen fathers because the people who get teen mothers pregnant are usually men. And then I think about teen mom, like, yeah, (laughs) they usually are men. Um, I'm glad that we're willing to have these conversations, right? That the that if you're a 50-year-old man who every person I see you with is 25, let's talk about that. There's something, that, and there's an inherent reason these relationships don't work. And that if you are in your 30s and dating teenagers, you are absolutely in the fucking wrong. And there should be some protection for the way and we talk about men and younger, but that's what it usually is. When it's women, it becomes headlines, you know, but there are plenty of like grown ass men dating children. Um, I'm glad that we're willing to talk about that. I am not willing to get to the point where we go, where we're like, oh, if you're a freshman dating, um, dating a junior, if you're a junior dating a freshman, you're a pedophile. I'm not willing to go there. I think that's that's really wild. And I even like in my in my head, and I might change my mind later, but my but my thing is this if you know can know this person organically, like a 19-year-old dating a 16-year-old because they go to school together, there 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 are some gray areas there. I don't know that I'm like super offended by that. Um, a grown man who swings by the high school every day picking up uh, children, R. Kelly, um, did it for fucking years and years and years. Uh, this is an issue. So, but a 17 year old boy that comes over for Courtney, who is 12. I don't know. Why aren't we asking more questions? This is a no, this would be a no, no in my house. That boy's about to be grown. I'm assuming you're in middle school. No, 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 no. But what Courtney tells us is that Krista used them to kind of lure the 17-year-old over. Kind of being like, oh, he'd make a good boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. And 
Courtney was like dumb and was like, yeah, I guess so. And was like, you know, three weeks, it was short, but three weeks of, of them like meeting with each other and, you know, kind of dating and getting to know each other. But what Courtney realized is that Krista was attracted to him and was getting him to come over so that she could flirt with him and like get him over there. And I don't know, at 12, I don't, like I said, I feel like anything that could have ever happened, anything that's ever happened in a Lifetime movie has happened to Courtney. Anything. Um, For 12, what is this? Mommy dearest, we're competing? Like, so, you know, they, Dr. Deb asked the group about who's more committed to the therapy, who's opening up more, all that. And the group is mixed, but I think most of them are saying Krista. And Natalie, like, out of nowhere, is just like, well, let me just say it because I don't think that Natalie's wrong. Natalie basically says, hey, um, you, you're sitting here. All we hear is about your mom, your mom, your mom, your mom. And if my mother and husband had an emotional affair, I wouldn't still be married to that husband either. Like Doug's not an innocent party. And uh, Courtney's like, yes, he is. He's the victim in all of this. Um, and she's the aggressor. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Feels like there, there was a lot of like, Chris is talking about Doug writing her dirty notes on his computer. Feels like there's a lot of stuff happening. And I know Courtney's really happy that Doug told them about this, but feels like mm, you thought you were about to get caught, so you decided to confess. So, you know, but Natalie's being very aggressive about it. I was like, Earth to Courtney, you're on a different planet. And, you know, then Courtney and Krista start arguing over whether Doug hit on uh, Krista first. And I'm just like, Krista, is this your claim to fame? Is this, like, if this had happened to me, if I, even if, let's say, let's say I'm Gilmore's girls in it, you know? I had a kid when I was 15, so I'm 30. My kid's 15. And let's say I'm at this, I'm not, I'm basically giving you the plot, the pilot episode where someone's hitting on each one of them. So let's say I'm at the counter and some, and some guy hits on me and we realize I'm 30 and he's like 17 and this isn't what happened to the pilot, but it, the hitting on did. Um, and then later on, I see that kid with my kid. I'm not going to be running up and down. I was like, just so you know, he wanted me first. I mean, he didn't realize I was 30, but just because I look so young. But you, I would never do that. I would never take something from my kid so I could have it. You know, I... <laughs> um. Yesterday, Mr. Curtis took all the kids to the dentist. All my kids go to the dentist at the same time. Everyone's always shocked that I take five kids places. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do with the rest of the kids? You want me to throw, you want me to throw them away? I got five kids. They got to go places. I take five kids to the dentist at the same time. They always have appointments on the same day. 
doctors are a little different because they go after well checks, right? So, um, you know, about a couple weeks after your birthday, I take you to your, to your well check for that age, get your vaccines for that age, whatever you got to do. I usually do turtle and cheeks together because their birthdays, they're only, they're only 13 months apart. Um, and, uh, monkey does his by himself, but Brielle and Bear Bear do theirs together. Birthdays are two weeks apart. Um, but when my kids had strep throat, I took five kids to the doctor and they were like, oh, we can't see five kids at once. And I was like, I bet you can. And they did. So like I take, I, when we go to Disney, I do not need my husband to come to the park with me. I really don't. If he doesn't want to go, he can stay at the Airbnb because I can take five kids to Disney. No fucking problem. I have five kids. I'll take them anywhere. Do I recommend taking five kids to the grocery store to do your grocery shopping? No. What am I stupid? But if I had to, I got this. I I make sure the kids know what my intentions are. I'm like, listen, I got to do this and this. That's what I need to do here. This is the behavior I'm looking for. Let me tell you if this, this, and this happened, let me tell you what I'm going to do. A lot of times it's we're going to leave. But, and like the little ones are, have harder attention spans, but I also, I mean, harder, harder to keep their attention, but I also know what to bring when I go places and I know who to sit next to who and I know who's hand to hold and who needs to be behind me. I know all that. It's not a problem. But when I tell people my husband took the five kids to the dentist, he's like, everyone's like, oh my God, is he going to be okay? Is he going to be okay? Yeah, he's going to be okay. He has all the skills to do this. He knows how to drive. He knows the children's names. He knows how to check them in places. He knows how to wait for them. Get a school note. Drive them to their school. That's it. He doesn't, he's not going to be doing the plaque. He's not going to be checking the teeth. He's literally going to sit while they check the teeth. They take them in the way back and they do the stuff and that's it. Now, my husband is bad at paperwork. He doesn't do paperwork. He doesn't like paperwork. Um, he has a reading disability and he just like has never been someone who's like really wanted to like write and read things because of that. That's, that's, uh. So he almost never does paperwork. So he did call me when they gave him five packets to fill out and was like, y'all lost your fucking minds. And he was discombobulated to the point where he was like, and he just want their birthdays and their social security numbers. And they want to know where they live. I was like, where do they live? And he's, he's just like going off. And I'm like, they live with us. Where do you live? Write down your address. <laughs> I told him not to ask for the social, to not to worry about the social security numbers. They ask for all kinds of things. Um, I could, I, I keep my stuff in a notes app on my phone that is locked with a password or you can use my face ID, whatever. And so like, I know what everyone, what, like what all the cars we own license plate number is. I know the account number for the Texas tag account, which is the toll thing. I know everybody's old social security number, everybody's new social security number, their school ID number, their Medicaid number. I have all of that listed there. So yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm an organized person, but I was like, you know, your children's birthdays breathe. And to some people that phone call would have been like, oh, he can't handle it. Yes. The fuck he can't handle it. You know, I don't do shit with cars. I hate cars. I think they're stupid. I don't know why every five minutes they need something. You're constantly, they're constantly like, you need a tire. Need this. Why? That sounds like a lie from the tire company, the big rubber. <laughs> like, I, I hate cars. And so I don't do any car maintenance at all. I don't know what the fuck's going on with that car. But my husband couldn't get my inspection. And I don't get inspections because I don't even know what they do with that. 
And also, I get a feeling they're going to fail me because they're going to see me coming. And they'll be like, oh, that's that bitch got some money. No, I don't. And, so, and they're like, oh, we're just going to tell her like her doohickey's fucked up and she got to get that for inspection. So I never do it. I like, I get, I get a little like stressed out. My husband does, but he couldn't do it this past year. So I had to go get the inspection. And so I did. And did I have to call him to ask where to go? Yeah. Did it, was there another call when I got there? Cause I was nervous because I didn't know where to park. Yeah. Then they wanted some stuff. I didn't know what, I didn't know what it was. So I called him again. <laughs> and guess what? He answered my phone calls and he, he answered my questions in a non-asshole way. He was like, look under here, do this, just say this. Like I start, I had to start getting my own oil changes cause he hasn't always had time to do that. So I, I had to go get him my own and I never did stuff like that. So I had to be like, okay, so what do I say when I walk in? What's the thing I say to them that I need? An oil change, but they, they want, what if they ask me some questions? What kind of oil or whatever? Write that down. This does not make me an idiot. It makes me someone who's not used to doing this part. So when he's like, oh my fucking God, there are five packets of paper. A lot of people will be like, oh no, you shouldn't let him do that. Mm -mm, you shouldn't let him do that at all. Um, no, I'll just walk him through it like he would me. He seasons my beef stew better than I do. We all know this at this point. I'm good at the beef stew. I'm better at it than he is because he, I think he overcooks it. It's a little mushy. Um, so I'm better at the stuff. I'm better at coming up with a good, but he's great at seasoning. So if he's at work and I got a seasoned beef stew, I will call him and be like, what, what, what would you put in it? And he'd be like, uh, put in a dash of this, measure this with your heart. What you should do is you should hold this up to the light. See what, look into it. Look and see if you can see the universe through the granules. And then <laughs> I'm like, no teaspoon. <laughs> Uh, tablespoon, like, tell me, tell me what to do. That's how I work. But I guess I know that my, uh, listen, I have lots of problems with my husband and we could talk about him all fucking day about the things that I actually have a problem with, with him. But I do not have a problem with him, like acknowledging that I, that like, this is our life together. Is he annoying? Yes, girl. Yes. D d I was about to name about five annoying things he did today. But I don't have a problem with him acknowledging his responsibility here. But so this morning, his back's been hurting, which is another reason I wanted him to quit his job. His back's been hurting. He comes home and I'm about to leave because in the mornings, he does the morning, he does everything in the morning with them. So, um... But he's telling me how much his back's hurt. I'm like, you need to get some Advil in you. You need to do this and this. And we're talking about what he's going to do today. And we realized, monkey, wet the bed the night before. I'm supposed to be leaving. But I said to him, I said, hey, do you want me to do the wash up? Because one, I'm not sending monkey to, to school smelling like pee. But my husband's sometimes uncomfortable um, literally washing children. Because of like he, like I always say, he has a lot of sisters. He was the oldest of six sisters for a really long time and like he just was taught and he and there were some significant age differences between he was just taught not to be in a room with naked little children not to be changing no diapers not to be not to be any place that like you shouldn't you shouldn't be you should never be in a position where someone would be like what did you think you were doing with that child so in terms of like washing children like a soapy rag and putting like he 
he's uncomfortable. He'll do it, but he just doesn't, and um, he will not do it if it's the girl. Uh, he just won't. He don't. He he won't. Um, I can understand, even though I told him nobody's gonna think that, but that's how he is. But in the mornings, he washes up monkey if he wets the bed or if bear bear wets the bed. But I already know he doesn't. He doesn't feel comfortable doing that. Um, two, uh, his back hurts. And monkey's down there and my husband's tall. So he'd have to stoop. He'd have to get on his knees. He had, you know, a lot of stuff. And so I was like, do you want me to do it real quick? And he looked at me like, would you? And I was like, oh, I must be like a deadbeat mother. <laughs> have I been acting like, you know, dads who don't know the names of their kids? Like first he had to take them to the dentist. He's been taking medicine up to the school for me. Let me roll that back. Cause I said that wrong for me. He's been taking medicine up to the school for the child that needs the medicine. Not for me. Cause it's not inherently my job, but I guess he, he was so surprised. I would be like, I'll do it. And I did. It took me 10 minutes. I say goodbye to monkey. I thanked him for letting us know he wet the bed. I informed him. I made sure he knows. Cause he does know what you have to do in this house. If you wet the bed, you have to wash your own sheets. You have to get them in the washing machine. You don't have to start them, but you got to get them in there and let an adult know. And then you will be in charge of putting them in the dryer. You will also be in charge of remaking your bed. Um, no punishments for wetting the bed. Don't do that, guys. Some a lot, Their bodies are just growing differently. And he asked me to wake him up. And I had forgotten to wake him up. So when he goes to bed, what I'm supposed to do before I go to bed, I'm supposed to go in the room and I'm supposed to wake him up and let him go to the bathroom. And I'd forgotten. He'd asked for that help. So, like, I'm definitely not going to yell at anybody that knew, knows what they need and asked for it, And then I didn't give it to them. I don't know why I'm talking about this. Oh, I'm talking about like, there is nothing I would take from my kids so I can have it. It is one thing for me to, to be, uh, selfish, not selfish. Let's don't, let's not, let's not use words. You don't mean to be, um, to prioritize my time that I do deserve time by myself. I do. If I need to get to work and do what I need to do, then my husband will handle what he needs to at home. Um, if, the kids are out of school. We will, we will trade off which day, which person stays home that day. It takes PTO or whatever. We will do that. I, I don't, yeah, I buy snacks that are for me because I want them and I have money. So I buy snacks for me. But the, the idea of my child having something and me tricking them to get it from them so I can have it is, wild and I'm not even one of those people that's like you must sacrifice everything to be a mother I don't believe that I think that's the narrative they want you to believe I think that's very convenient but you're still a person too and there are ways to be a good parent and make sure you're covering where you're supposed to be covering your and you're doing what you need to for your children and there are also while still making sure that you get what you need too as they keep saying, you can't pour from an empty cup, you know? So yeah, like, but Krista, like, dude, I don't think there's anything you would do for, for, uh, Courtney. Not really. So all of a sudden though, Courtney and Krista are hugging and saying they love each other, which is probably true because, again, these are two people who don't know what love and boundaries and appropriateness look like. They cannot make baklava. They just can't. Um, so who's next? Um, K- 
Kim and Kimberly go up and Kim is mad that Heidi is still mad that Heidi mentioned the word alcoholic and looked at her. Um, so they have to deal with that for a minute. But then Josie asks about how Kim and Kimberly go in their room and argue and like aren't being open. And Kim's like, you go in your room. We go in, just like you go in your room, which is like a fair, but like everybody goes in their room to talk about things. But Kim and Kimberly, Josie asks a fair question and it's a smart question, which makes me think a producer told her to ask that. I don't think Josie would ask this question on her own, but Josie asks, why do you keep going on shows like this? If that's, if you don't want to share those things, it's, and she's right. Like, it's fine not to want to share those things, but you can't come on a show like this. And the, if Kim were keeping it all the way, 100 funkiness right here, she would say money. I come on these shows for money. That's why. But I have to like, be careful about what I say and don't say. Cause again, cause once you film it, it's used against you for the rest of your life. And that's, she'd be real. She'd be real right there. But I mean, you know, Kimberly starts talking and everything she says, she looks at Kim to make sure it's okay. I'm saying this to Kim. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So then, and she talks about how they, that Kim didn't even do housewives that year. She just did a couple of things because she's been trying to keep, she's some privacy about things. And I don't know if what she was saying was true, but Dr. Deb interrupts her to let her know, like, I see you like checking with Kim about what you can say and can't say. And this is like this essence of your, like, you guys have so many fucking secrets. They do. Everything's a secret. I couldn't live in a house like that. We have to yell out things sometimes. So at dinner, Heidi, (laughs) there's almost a throwaway scene of Heidi detailing her surgeries. I forgot how much it was. She says, Half her earlobes got taken off. They scooped her back because she wanted butt implants. But so instead they just scooped some out of her. I'm like, oh my God. It's so interesting that, that I'm doing this show. Sometimes things like fall together in weird ways. I'm doing this show for the pod. I um, didn't have anything to listen to this week. So I, and Audrina Patrick's book was available. And boy, do I regret that. It's, it's bad guys. It's real bad. She's dumb too. She's done some Chloe stuff. But here's the thing, like, I just, I hate the way people talk about, like, it could never happen to you. It has happened to you, bitch. Like, you're probably pregnant with your baby daddy who don't love you right now. Like, let's, come on. We're all doing dumb things. Don't, don't judge. Don't judge. Don't judge. I could, I could list things I've done in relationships. You'd be like, princess, are you fucking serious? Yeah, I'm serious. I did it. <laughs> it was me. I was dumb. I just don't like this idea that like she's the she's the dumbest person on earth and she's the only dumb person on earth and and uh you know um we never do that. Yes, shit, fuck you would. Maybe not this. Maybe not this publicly. Maybe not this far. But you you you've stayed too long. You've done too too many things for somebody. But anyway, so I'm listening to uh that. And then I watched that three-part Bling Ring documentary, which was horrific. And I'm sorry to everyone who's coming to this story fresh, like younger people probably who didn't hadn't heard about this or didn't know a lot about it because it's dumb. It's bad. I mean, there's some interesting parts that I'd like to talk about, so I might do like a quick thing on it. But then again, I might not. I don't like to do docs when they first come out because a lot of other podcasters do them too. And I like... 
I don't mind when I'm listening to six or seven of the same thing, but I know other people do. So we'll see. And it'd be quick anyway, because there's just a few things I want to talk about. But it's so interesting that the bling ring thing, I'm watching that. They robbed uh, Audrina Patrick. I'm listening to her book. Um, and she used to be on a show and actually, I guess she's good friends now with Heidi and I'm watching that for the pod. Like sometimes things just fall together like that for me. Um, so Heidi says the only surgery she didn't need was her hand on her hands. (laughs) They did, they did a really artistic shot too. They're like filming her from the back of her head, talking to like the crew around the table. And they're all like, Oh no, what? <laughs> like you can just see, it's like, it's like the last supper <laughs> so much. Um, so Dr. Drew, Dr. Drew, Dr. Deb, that's another show shows up and tells them they're going to switch, uh, mother, daughter pairs to experience relationships from a different point of view and maybe get some advice. Karen gets Josie, Kim gets Courtney, Darlene gets Cassie, Krista and and Natalie are together, which Shar gets Kimberly and Jessica and Heidi are together. And they obviously did this on purpose. Jessica and Heidi are in conflict right now. Um, the next person that's probably in high conflict is Krista and Natalie. Um, yeah. So they get off, they go off to get their new mothers and daughters. And each one of them has like cupcakes and cookies and some milk in, in, in the room around them. None of them eat it. Cause that's not, that's not what that's for. It's for display. And, and they get a little list of questions they should ask each other. Um, Heidi and Jessica get into it again about whether Heidi is an alcoholic. And they also, I mean, that's what they spend most of their time doing it doing but they also talk about how jessica's main concern with josie is that she's young she's in hollywood she wants to be a, she wants to um she wants she wants to be a uh influencer model that sort of thing and and Je- she wishes josie listened to her more and heidi does some talking about being young and rich and dumb and thinking she was gonna be famous and rich for the rest of her life and just so many things happened to her when she was young and and they agree that Heidi's going to do some talking with Josie. And I thought that was interesting. Um, Kim and Courtney talk about how to get through public lows. Courtney's really interested in that. Um, they feel like they can learn a lot from Kim about it. Um, I'll say this. Kim has a really fucked up family, right? But she's got a family. And Kim talks about how no matter what's going on, when things get rough, she she knows she can like hook into her family and Courtney doesn't have anybody. I don't know. I don't know. Courtney has anybody right now. Um, uh, Kimberly, no Krista and Natalie talk about Courtney mostly. Well, they mostly talk about Doug. That's what Krista wants to talk about. Um, Krista says that she didn't use Courtney what happened was that she pushed Courtney to the position she was in. And then Natalie's like, yeah, you just went right with them, didn't you? And I think, and Chris's like, yeah, yeah. And I think Natalie's making fun of Krista. And she, Krista's a type of person who is unaware when people are making fun of, of her. Um, and she's also talking a lot about Doug. And, and this isn't about Doug. Uh, Natalie says in talking head... <laughs> Now this isn't talking head. 
I can't believe I'm 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 paired up with Krista. Like, what am I gonna learn from her? Her relationship with her her daughter is horrible. And like, yeah, there's nothing to learn there except for what not to do. Um Natalie ends up giving Krista some advice right before the show ends, and basically that like you knew what was wrong. Like, like you knew. You knew when you were doing it. You knew you knew it was the wrong thing to do. And although like you're mad Doug's not getting enough smoke, but you need to stop focusing on Doug. You need to focus on Courtney and deal with that and leave Doug out of it. And I agree. Um, next week, there's some more arguing. I think I saw Cassie was having like a panic attack. I don't remember this. Um, she's just like staring up at the ceiling, laying down, staring at the ceiling, breathing very hard. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what's going to happen next week and I will talk to you guys then later. Later.